0: Real Estate Right was created to give the Victorian public an objective understanding of all the little intricacies in property transactions that help make you more knowledgeable and aware of what can go right and wrong in real estate. If you love this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate and review it on your favourite podcast app. Send us an email with your questions and tell your friends about our little podcast. We have great prizes, discounts and giveaways that make it all worthwhile to listen and get in the know. Now, on with the show. The settlement of a property can make or break the buying and selling of a property. For some, it could mean bridging finance. For others, it might mean renting something for a short term. No matter what, it can cost if it all goes wrong settlement terms are always one of the deciding factors that could mean that the property is sold to you or maybe someone else. Today, we have Josh Hommelhoff from Ray White Carnegie to give us the know-how on what's the good, the bad, and the ugly in terms of property settlements.
1: Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent, and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langada.
0: Consistently a top performer and award winning real estate agent, over the past 18 years, Josh Hommelhoff is a partner at Ray White Carnegie and an all-round nice guy. Here to tell us about the long and short of settlement terms, welcome Josh. Now, how did you get into real estate, Josh?
1: Back in uh, June 2003, um, previously i would uh, I've been doing landscaping for a while. Um, I was making pizzas since I was about 14 and um, had a pizza shop. For a little while yep. and uh, i'd always sort of had a back-end interest in real estate it was something i wanted to to have a go at and i still remember back then that was when you were looking at um ads in the age yes um and um so there was a there was a job available uh at ray white oakley at the time and um yeah applied applied for that job and um the rest is sort of history 18 years later obviously moving across and opening carnegie with, with matt a long time ago yeah awesome
0: um so just to let our listeners know. Unfortunately, we don't have Grant here again, so you just got me asking the questions. Uh, so, um, now, what is a settlement? Like, if we get back into the crux of the actual uh, podcast, what's a settlement?
1: Uh, so, settlement is the is the exchange of titles. Yes. It's when um, monies are exchanged, titles are then put into new names, and then people legally will uh, will take over as the owner. Of a property or or the land, or whatever it might be, and um, either done through a uh, mortgage with a bank or um, paid outright. Yeah,
0: awesome. So, what is the average length of a settlement?
1: We've probably been able to give about sixty days or two months, yeah. um, but they can fluctuate to a number of different uh, time frames. Yes. Which I'm sure we'll talk about.
0: Yes, we will. And yeah, so what do we need to do in that time from the, the period from actually buying the property to settling? What needs to actually be done?
1: Yep, no worries. So once the property is sold, then a, a deposit's paid and everything else and that's done. Then, um, so if it's a 60-day settlement, typically a buyer will have, leading up to a week before settlement, they'll have um, you know, a final inspection that they'll do which is basically, we always say jokingly that, you know, make sure no one's taken a sledgehammer to the walls yeah. and the house was as it was when you purchased it. Um, you know, checking that uh, air conditioners, heating, um, you know, gas cooktops, all that stuff are in, are in working order. Yeah. Um, and just making sure that it's all going to be right for the day that, that you settle. Uh, some people might use that type. Time frame to um, start a planning process, depending on what they're going to do.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, we do get requests of some people wanting to try and get into a property to maybe make some adjustments, but typically that's a that's a no-no, especially with solicitors. They'll say you just leave that until it's done. Yeah, but it's more of a preparation time frame to get ready for when you settle.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I know of some situations where, for instance, um, even when I bought this property, they wouldn't allow us to check everything over we were allowed to walk through it but the owners wouldn't allow well they didn't want to meet us at the property and i said well how about just things like you know showing us how to work the spa or how to work the you know oven or or just showing us all this stuff and the and the agent was actually very anti no 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 we don't do that in our office i'm like really so yeah yeah.
1: we uh we try we try and make sure like we, we come up with a lot of scenarios where sometimes the there might be something that's a bit of a grey area that might need to be adjusted prior to settlement. And, um, you know, if the owner's not going to do anything, but you, you obviously can't push the owner, but you want to try and do the right thing by the buyer so that when they settle, they're, they're happy. It's, you yeah. know, it's a big deal when somebody's settling on a property. Yeah. Um, it's not about dipping into your pocket necessarily, but you've got to try and work out um, that things are done the right way. So everybody's going to be happy. Yeah, definitely.
0: And th- it's things like patching up walls. Um, if you've taken TV off the wall, um, All that sort of stuff that should be checked prior in that pre-settlement inspection. Correct. Yeah. What are the pros and cons of a short settlement?
1: Uh, Obviously, you're getting your money faster if you're an owner. Yes. Um, Depending on this, you know, if it's a private negotiation, like a private sale type scenario on the purchase, a buyer might use that as leverage to maybe get the property at a lesser price. Yes. Um, it's a common thing that we see if it's, you know, if it's obviously it's an option, then, then it's going to be different. It might be a set of circumstances that somebody needs to settle within 30 days. Yeah. Um, but typically the main reason is that you, you're going to be getting your funds earlier, you're in and out uh, nice and quickly.
0: Yeah. And it can work the other way. If the buyer wants to move in quickly, the buyer will have to pay a premium to... Uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, the shoe can be on the other foot.
0: Yeah. So um, either way it works well. Um, well it can work well but in terms of the shorter settlements probably about 14 days to really get everybody on board wouldn't it or is that really pushing if you
1: can get both conveyances or solicitors to do it we have had it done before yeah um but most of the time it'll be around about 30 days that's what most people will say and the biggest thing that we find when it comes to short settlements is they'll say oh but the bank said they can't do it and i haven't if ever seen a settlement not go through because the bank said, oh, we can't do it in 30 days. If they're presented with the contract, yeah, in most cases, they'll they'll get it done. Yeah, all good. So
0: why would buyers and sellers choose a, a short settlement? Would it be just um, because obviously they've sold themselves um, or they bought themselves? What other things could be a reason behind having a short settlement?
1: Um, yeah, so typically it might, we always say it comes down to individual set of circumstances circumstances for each person, um, but it might be for the owner that, yep, they've bought, they've got a, a shorter settlement, so they want to, you know, have to mirror that up so they don't have to go through, you know, borrowing extra cash um, to cover the mortgage um, in between settlement, which can become very expensive if, if that's the case. Um, and for a buyer, probably, you know, similar, though. they might have already sold, um, so they've got to work within that specific time frame. Uh, they could be living at home with mum and dad, and just want to get out. Yeah, that happens <laughs> um, a lot. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, or or a young couple are living with one of the in-laws. And, yeah. um, you know, hey, we, we love our in-laws, but I think everyone gets it. <laughs> yep. Um. So there's there's a yeah there's there's obviously a handful of different reasons that that people will want a shorter settlement. Could be the time of year. Yes. As well, you know, Anything wanting to settle prior or... to. Yep. Yeah. In, in for the school term prior to Christmas to get. To get settled, um, so probably the number one reasons that we'd see people wanting a shorter settlement.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, do you have any examples of short settlements that you've seen, like stories of anything specific? Um, yeah, look,
1: we—it's funny. Like, we we'll, we'll obviously have stories for, for both ends of the spectrum when it yeah. comes to long settlements and, and short settlements. I think what we do see is more so the if, if it's in a negotiation, that's where the shorter settlement will probably have a little bit more leverage, yeah. um, you know, in, in maybe in a private sale negotiation or, or something like that. Um, and it's like you said before, it could be that, okay, the, the vendor wants 90 days. If we're going to take 30 days, then, you know, it's the premium price is going to have to be paid in order for that to happen. Yeah. But we have, we've seen actually, we've had some examples where we've had a 60-day settlement booked and then someone will look to change to a, an earlier settlement because their circumstances have changed. Yeah. Um, I know we had one, I think it was about six or seven months ago, where this scenario had taken place and then the owner and the buyer through their solicitors had ended up working out that, okay, if that was the case, we're going to have a slight difference on the price, Yeah. so a small adjustment, and, and that actually took place for all the parties to, to come together yeah. and um, done and dusted within 30 days.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, I know I um, bought a property once and... Uh, I was being kicked out of a rental property because the owners were moving back in. So I had 60 days from that time to move out and obviously you don't want to move twice. So by the time I actually found a property, got the approval from the banks, I only had 30 days left and I actually had to buy the property prior to auction to make that 30 days work. So, yeah, I had to pay, pay a premium and unfortunately sold it for less than what I paid for it when I sold it two and a half years later.
1: <laughs> These things happen. Well, every every, every, real estate, every real estate transaction isn't always a win.
0: It's, no, it's You tough. know,
1: they're, they're, there's learning experiences all the way through. Oh, that happens to all of us.
0: Yes. Yes. So now on the long settlement side, what's, what are the pros and cons of the long settlements?
1: In most cases, we see more money. Yeah. Um, I think if you ask anybody today, and I know me as well, if I was buying a property today and someone gave me an extra 60 or 90 days, um, great. Uh, it gives you the ability to um, potentially spend more money when you're purchasing, but it also falls, falls in line with your circumstances and, and what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, that is probably the, the most the most common one yeah. that, that we see. Uh, or, the, or if it's a development site, then we're talking a lot longer. So typically six to twelve months. Mm-hmm. Um, in, you know, I just had one that settled uh, three weeks ago. That was a twenty-one month settlement. So uh, that that was a that was a long one. Um, but everything went through fine no yeah. no issues it was uh, the, the vendor secured considering the
0: uh, the global conditions at the moment you'd sort of think oh wow you that would be something you'd probably pull out of. but luckily it went through yeah
1: yeah, yeah it went through okay and the, and the vendors um you know they got a really good price for it and it was definitely a premium and, and mm. the part of the negotiation it was an off-market sale yeah. and the largest portion of the negotiation was okay well if, you know if you're going to buy it and you want these settlement terms then this is the price you have to pay and there's no buts yeah and they did well, it's good. Yeah. That's
0: yeah, what happens. That's right. So can you ask for like more deposit, for instance, or more repayments if you do go the longer settlements, like especially if they're over sort of 6, 12 months kind of thing?
1: Yeah, you can. Yeah, so um, obviously in the bank size, they just require you to pay a 10% deposit. Yeah. Um, having, a, having like a 15 or 20% deposit in some cases is going to have a huge implication on your, on your financing side of things. But uh, if you're having a deposit released, So the section 27 is done, um, both solicitors approve and the funds are released to the vendor, then yes, having a larger deposit um, can be a factor for a vendor to say, okay, well, instead of, you know, if we sell for a million dollars, instead of getting, you know, $100,000 less fees, uh, we're getting 200000 less fees and that can, uh, be a big instigator to them making the decision
0: yeah and can, like even if the deposit uh, the section 27's been released can you ask for like periodical payments or is it once that section can be done yeah can be done
1: yeah can be done yeah so you can you would typically uh do that as part of the contract yeah. um where you could have a certain amount paid like you know every quarter or every month depending on on how long it is but that would be something that solicitors would obviously have to have everything drawn up and officially signed up off on and letter of agreements, all that sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause like it's, it's not as black as black and white as people think real is.
1: like there are
0: lots of little negotiating things you can do to make it work for you. Um,
1: And I think a lot of, a lot of people think that you can get, um, you can automatically, you know, have a section 27 drawn up and the deposit gets released, but there are a lot of underlying factors that uh, need to be, you know, ticked off for a bank and solicited to say, yeah, all right, we can release the fund. So even if your agent says, I oh, will get you a section 27, yeah. you need to make sure you know all the ins and outs b- before that because you might, it might not happen.
0: Yeah. And you can't rely on that. And the-
1: No. <laughs> um,
0: so what's the longest settlement you've ever heard besides that 21 month one?
1: I've heard of settlements being two to three years on uh, more commercial or farmland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the past. Uh, I haven't transacted any for for that long, typically with residential real estate. The the one we just had at nearly two years was the longest that I'd had personally, but you you do see stuff that's done. I I did have a client that sold a farm and they had a two and a half year settlement. They had a deposit paid, then they had a million dollars after six months and then they had another balance after a certain amount of time. It was quite an expensive sale. Yeah. Uh, but that was end up, I think it was like two and a half to
0: three years yeah. settlement. Yes. it's. I guess farm is, is also incorporating business and all that sort of stuff too, isn't it? When mm. it's, it's, yep. it's a process. Absolutely. Yeah. So should we ensure that the seller's terms suit your terms as the buyer or before giving your offer or bid, especially at auction? So, you know, a lot of people just think that they can go to an auction or, you know, put an offer of in, but they sort of forget to look at the settlement terms. Like there may be strict ones or they may be not so strict, but you know, obviously you've got to speak yeah, to your agent a bit, absolutely.
1: don't you? Absolutely. As a buyer, you you need to make sure you do your due diligence. You need to, you know, every set of uh, – every seller is going to be different. So someone will say, we want 60 days, but they might have some flexibility. Um, and I can understand they, they want their money sooner. Yeah. But you're going to have circumstances where there's some flexibility, but you just need to make sure you know that before you go making your, your offer or, or bidding at an auction. It's It's hugely important. Um, you know, we we do see in a lot of occasions we we have a thirty or sixty day uh, term. Someone will come inside and say, "Oh, do you think they take ninety days?" Yeah. And sometimes the vendor is open to it, um, but you can always you can always ask a question. Yeah. But you need you just you need to know what the actual terms are going to be. Yeah. Before you go making your offer, but if, as I said, if it's a private sale and you're making an offer, then obviously your terms, you offer might and probably will form part of the pricing and and whole negotiation process
0: yeah i know of a story where there was um three people gave offers at the same time uh one or two of them gave the same price one for the asking price so the asking price um and then two higher prices and the two higher prices was decided by who who offered the better settlement terms that's sort of the the owner
1: so yeah and we see that sort of thing all the time like we it's it's a clause in a contract that we can say, you know, you're at X dollars if the vendor has an offer that's, you know, five thousand dollars less but the settlement terms are better, they're probably going to take that offer in a lot of cases. Yeah.
0: Because it it's more yeah. suitable. Because five thousand yeah. dollars, you know, on a mortgage, you know, it can you know, that could be a month's payment, it could be you know, a couple of months payment or whatever it is. But if the you know
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: At an auction, if you are the final bidder and then you you decide that you actually need to negotiate different settlement terms. Is that going to be an issue?
1: Yeah, in most cases it will be because technically, if the property's been knocked down to you yeah. and it's sold, then you have to adhere to the terms that are required. Look, we have we have these conversations with people week in, week out, yeah. and you know we always say all you can do is ask. Yeah. And but in in a lot of cases you need to fully understand that if the vendor says, right, well, it's 60 days, you can't change that, you have to do it yeah. unless they have some form of flexibility. Yeah. Um, it depends how nice they're feeling on the day yes. and potentially what sort of price they've achieved. Yeah. And we have seen a lot of vendors who've got a really good price yeah. and they've just said, yep, yeah, no worries, give them the extra two months, we're okay with that, that's fine.
0: Yeah, and so they'd just go rent an Airbnb or or we stay with the mother-in-law or something like that for two months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So If you're borrowing, you want better settlement options, pay more for the house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely. Now, how do we ensure that the property actually settles properly on the right day?
1: Yeah, so a few things. Um, so we start with maintenance. So if you've got – typically gardens need to be as they were from the day of sale, within reason. Yeah. So a lot of people just think, oh, we can just leave it and it's overgrown. No. Yeah. That can have settlement halted. Um so just, you know, we, from our business, will always make sure that we've got a gardener on hand that we can refer to a vendor that will, you know, we just had one last week. Yeah. The day before settlement, we went in and tidied the whole thing up for a couple of hundred dollars, all done. Yeah. Um, but the most important and the biggest thing we're seeing, especially in the from the all the way through from the Royal Commission through to now with the way things have changed in, in banking and finance, and I say you know, having a world-class broker in, um, to make sure everything happens is, I think, instrumental in making sure that there's no hiccups. Yeah. Um, you know, we will get notified that our oh, settlement's been delayed by two weeks because the bank hasn't done this or, um, you know, something's happened along the way. And as a, you know, as a buyer, you're the one that's typically, if it's, it's you, you're going to, you know, get these charges for default. Mm. In some cases, yes, you can put it on the bank, but um, if they haven't followed you up diligently, then you could run risk of not settling on, on time. Yeah. Um, you know, we we have... We, we work alongside a broker, um, you know, Josh Bartlett, who's you know, not one of the number of mortgage brokers in the country, um, amazing at what he does. But, you know, knowledge around all the things that need to happen leading up to settlement are imperative to making sure that it all goes through. Yeah.
0: It can be scary, those last hours and whatever it is before the, <laughs> the settlement's supposed to happen. Yeah. yeah.
1: I was, was going to say, as an agent, like, it should be a job to... You know, everything should be diorised. You should have your final inspection pre-booked yeah. well and truly before settlement's leading up. Yeah. You know, that's how we get paid in our industry once it settles. Mm. And if it doesn't, then, it's, it, you know, it's going to halt you from getting paid as well. Yeah.
0: So it's in your best interest.
1: Yeah, and obviously the owners yeah. is the number one thing yeah. um, because, you know, they want to be getting their money and moving on and they might have, you know, removal trucks lined up oh. for the same day and if all that goes pear-shaped, it's, yeah, yeah can of worms you don't want to open. Definitely.
0: So how common is it that a settlement date actually changed from the original date set on the
1: contract? Uh, in a lot of cases, we might see three out of ten. Yeah, um, yeah I had one uh, that was due to settle today that's settling now in two weeks. We found out a week ago. Yeah. Uh, so th- there was financial issues. Yeah, um, It will settle, we've been advised. But, um, yeah, we, we would see adjustments, you know, probably two to three times out of every ten. There's going to be something or, um, and look, we're typically the last people to find yeah. out. Um, you know, everything happens between the, the buyer, the seller and the solicitors. Yeah. Um, but it might be that someone's circumstances have changed, whatever it is, and, and they'll do their due diligence and have that adjusted. But It happens more more than you think. Yeah.
0: I have heard of a story where a house was uh, burnt to the ground about a week before settlement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> These things can happen.
1: We, Yeah. And this is where one of the recommendations we make to people is, don't just assume that the owner has insurance on the home. Yeah. If you've purchased the home, go and get your insurance sorted. It's not going to cost you the earth. Um, that way, if anything happens, you, you can be covered. Yeah. You know, in that period, and and a lot of the insurance companies now will, will will offer you, you know, a package deal that isn't going to charge you a, you know a huge sum. It just gets you through to a settlement, and then you would pay your policy. Yeah. After that. Yeah. One of the biggest things that we get leading up to an auction is. Uh, you've got a buyer that wants uh, 120 days, vendors want 60 days, vendors are saying no, just depends on the price. Now, we say in most cases that if you have the right buyer bidding on your yeah, and give them the settlement they want, if you can work with it, it can pay dividends for you. We had one about uh, oh, seven, eight weeks ago Yeah, and um, these, this particular property was on the market at um, just over 1.1 $1. 1 million. It was a, an old knockdown home. Yeah. I had a buyer that had said, listen, for tax reasons, we have to settle 1st of July. Yeah, They were, you know, they almost said, no, but I said, listen, I've dealt with these people before. I think it's in your best interest. Best thing that can happen is they run your price up. They don't buy it. Someone else buys it or the flip side is you get a really good price and they buy it. Yeah. Uh, so it was on the market. We had good bidding from four people. It was on the market at just over 1.1. Mm-hmm. This particular buyer didn't start bidding until $1, Now. Had we said no to them, yeah, they still would have got a great price. That would have been about 80, 90 grand above reserve, yeah, and wouldn't have known any different. This particular buyer didn't buy the property; he was the underbidder, and the young couple that bought it paid one million three hundred and sixty-six thousand. Wow! And so we're, we're talking an incredible amount of money, all to do with settlement. Yeah. So, if I can give any advice to anyone, if you're talking to your selling agent and they give you advice around really listening about settlement you need to because it might not be a couple of grand it could be a couple of hundred yeah and you just won't know you know you want to make i think you just need to give everyone the best opportunity to be competitive on a home because it can pay for you yeah
0: sounds like wise advice so yeah there really is a lot to think about about uh, before giving your offer on what you believe is a perfect property. It really is all in the timing. Thanks, Josh, for all your wisdom and expertise today. If you would like Josh Homelhoff to help you sell your home, you can contact him on 9571 6777. I've worked with Josh for over 10 years now, and even if your property isn't around the Carnegie area, Josh can sell it or work with another Ray White office to assure you get the best service. So we will have a short break now and come back with Sue's quick quiz. It's Sue's quick quiz time. Josh, what's your favourite Melbourne suburb?
1: Black Rock is one of my favourite suburbs. Yeah. I live Bayside. I don't live as close to the water as I'd like. Um, But yeah, I I just, it's very laid back, um, easygoing area, um, good schools. Yeah, it's just a a, a really lovely spot. Yeah. So what's your go to hot bevy? Yeah, a latte typically. D- depending on the day, sometimes strong or yeah. or just normal. But yeah, good. Yeah, and I and I'm you know I'm a, I'm an advocate for good coffee. Um, I think like a lot of people.
0: You've got small kids. What's the best playground in Melbourne?
1: Uh, so the new playground, the Burren, um Park Playground in Glen Huntley is uh, is yeah. amazing. Um, we had one of my mates. We had his kids' first birthday there just pre-COVID. Um, and I dr- yeah. it's funny. I drive past it all the time. From, because of work yeah uh, but yeah phenomenal like they've done that really really well
0: yeah they have done a pretty good job there yeah. um now what instrument did you play as a kid i'm guessing you would have played something
1: yeah played drum Played drums um yeah played drums for about uh, five years yeah i reckon it was so in high school and a little bit after high school. Yeah. I uh, always, always say to Kate, I better half, you know, when, when we get the space, um, <laughs> the which I'm hoping will be soon en- soon enough because lo- my uh, eldest daughter, Penelope, I'd, I'd love to get her a drum kit because that way we can both use it. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, was al- it was always good at the end of the day. You could just let it go on a drum kit. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: now, name a secret place in Victoria that's your happy find. Do you have a town that you like to go to, or?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, you know, I love Lawn. Yeah, I think Lawn's a great place to to get away to. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: for me, like the hustle and bustle of the city, like Melbourne's a, a great city, but um, Warrandite's a really cool place too. Yeah. Um, my my sister used to live out there for, for quite a while, and you know, Warrendale sort of Eltham area, you you really feel like you're you're out of the city, but you're literally on the outskirts of heading into town yeah so you know some cool places bars and stuff and pubs, all that sort of thing lots of places you can go walking, in parks yeah
0: good. nice so what's the most luxurious thing you've ever seen in a house
1: um, okay most like lux- <laughs> there's, uh, there's probably a difference between luxurious and uh and quirky and all that sort of stuff and um, extravagant <laughs> i've seen i've seen a few bathrooms done up to the absolute nines where i'm talking like plated like gold plated toilets, bidets, yeah. um, you know, imported marble from overseas that's, you know, like you look at the type of house and the money that's been spent on a bathroom and you think, wow, okay. Yeah. Um but what would be the most um I've seen I've seen some big money spent on some basements and I'm talking like not just your typical concrete yeah. um setup, but we're talking the whole gym theater. Yeah. Um, some amazing fit outs. You know, I was in a house once probably about seven years ago that had spent about 250000 on a sound system alone oh, for, wow. a, for a theatre, which was pretty impressive. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's a lot of and I, and
1: I Yeah. And I was, <laughs> I was sort of like, oh, can you really tell the difference? And then they they put um, put something on you like, yeah, okay, that, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was worth it.
0: Um, what was the last live act you saw?
1: Sam Smith. I think it was. Yeah. It was the last live act I saw. Yeah. Yeah. That Great singer. Very good singer. Yeah, it. Yeah, it was. It was, it was I, got, I got invited to it on the day. My better half's parents. And,
0: okay.
1: Um, he was, uh, yeah, he was brilliant. Great singer. Yeah. Very good. Awesome.
0: Uh, how old were you when you bought your first home?
1: Uh, we bought the land first. So, 20, what are we talking? 33, I think it was. 33,
0: yeah. So, you're a late one.
1: Yeah, so a little bit, a little bit different, um, you know. So I, I guess probably spend a bit more time trying to save a bit, uh, a bit more cash to yeah. live where I wanted to live. Yeah. Um, and look, there's pros and cons. I guess the, the old saying is, you know, don't don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's good. Very very happy where we are. From you.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's what you want. And last question: Where what's your favourite winery to go visit?
1: There's obviously a stack if you're heading down Mornington Peninsula. Yeah. Um, there's a heap of good wineries down there, um, Yarra Valley, as well. Yeah. Should um I got onto this wine? I can't remember the name of it, but there's a big. It's a bit of a different shaped bottle with a wombat on the front. I can't remember what it was called. A wombat color? But there's Shiraz. Is just <laughs> no. Nah, it's not. It's not called wombat. It's called something else. So I I was telling one of my staff about it a few weeks ago. Yeah. She tried a bottle last night. I just can't remember the name, but. It was uh, the Shirazes to die for, it was, um, and it's a Victorian base. I'll have to, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a bit of a different. It's a bit of a different shaped bottle. It's not as tall as your normal bottle of wine. It's a bit shorter and and fatter, so it's easy to find. Dan Murphy sell it. I just can't remember the name of
0: it. We'll have to look out for those bottles with a wombat on it. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it and put on the on the podcast notes or something. Thanks again, Josh, for helping us out today. Um, again, if you want to get in contact with Josh Homelhoff from Ray White Carnegie, call 9571-6777 for a market appraisal. Next week, we will be talking to Frank Perry from townplanning.com.au about understanding council planning zones. It's a great episode if you want to make sure you are buying a property where the density of your suburbs, street or even council borders could be the deciding factor of where you buy. Don't miss it. State right is a real copyright production. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast audio stop for sound effects, premium beat for our theme music and zoom for our video link. The information presented on this podcast is presented in a general nature and it is recommended to get your own professional advice that suits your own personal circumstances. Remember to please subscribe rate and review us on your favorite podcast service. I'm Sue Langader. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.